to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, picking up in verse 20. The title of our message is God's Way Continued. So last week we looked at God's Way, and we're going to continue to talk about the things of God and God's way. It's always better to do things God's way. Amen? Amen. God's way is always the best way. I remember some years back working at the water meter company back in Michigan. I was in my office one day and a lady came in. I kind of recognized her. She worked at the laundromat a few doors down from us. And so she came into my office unannounced and she just said, "Um, hey, can you help me. Are you busy? And I says, well, I'm a little busy. Why? What's going on? And she says, well, I'm alone in the laundromat. I work at the laundromat over there. She says, there's this creepy man that's there and I'm alone with him and I am not feeling comfortable even a little bit. Could you just stay there until he leaves or try to, you know, just spend as much time as you can just to be with me? And I said, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll do that. So I I walked her over there and sure enough, this man was very creepy, you know, so I understood he was creepy. She had good discernment. But as I was there, instantly I felt a strong prompting of the Lord to ask her about the gospel and talk to her about the gospel. And I didn't even really make small talk. I just said, uh, I said, I don't usually do this. I usually, you know, I says, but I just want to know something. Have you ever heard of the gospel? And she says, no. And she says, what is that? And I says, well, and I started explaining the gospel, how Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And I started sharing the fact that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead in fulfillment of scripture and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and that we're all sinners and we need a savior. So I I started explaining the gospel. As I was explaining the gospel to this lady, tears were just streaming down her eyes. She just couldn't help herself from just, just crying and sobbing and sobbing. And I said, you know, can I pray with you? And would you like to receive Christ as your savior? And she says, yes. And so, you know, we prayed together. She prayed to receive Christ. And after she prayed, she says, I need to tell you something. She says, last night, she says, my life has been so overwhelming. She said, I prayed to God. I said, God, send me somebody. Please send me someone. Send me an angel or send me somebody. I need to know what you want from me. And she says, I think you're an answer to my prayers. And I says, I know I'm an answer to your prayers. (laughs) And I says, because this is what God wants from you. This is God's way, salvation first. And so I, in time, I was able to, you know, help her to get plugged into a church. I believe her daughter came to the Lord, and we tried to get her plugged into a church. And, and God was just doing a little ministry there. But again, God's way is not always our way. And it's good to be in tune with God's way. God's way is always the best way. Amen? So with that being said, we're going to look at some practical things as we pick up our story, and if you could please stand with me as I read, I'm just going to read verses 20 to 25. So again, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, and I'm going to read up to the end of the chapter, verse 25. Paul the Apostle, writing to the believers there in Colossae, says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. 
Verse 23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Lord, we pray over these verses. Again, we just pray that you'd speak through these verses to our hearts, God. We, we want to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to the church even now, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned these last few weeks, the, the letter that we're looking at is written by Paul the Apostle. He's in jail writing this letter to the believers that are in Colossae. He started off writing in chapter 1 and chapter 2, correcting false teachers, correcting false doctrines that was taking place in the church. He, in chapter 3 and 4, as we've been talking about, he kind of brings uh, practical helps. This is the practical section of our, of our letter here. And so last week we looked at some practical things, instruction from Paul. And we ended up looking at instruction regarding marriage, wives and husbands, wives to submit unto your own husbands, the, the husbands to love your wife. And, and I just want to encourage you that are married here, uh, that, and even those here that are single, that the Bible teaches very clearly that marriage is a good thing. So I hope we know that because, you know, even in Proverbs 18.22, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And it goes on to say, and obtains favor from the Lord. So uh, the reason why I bring that out, because the secular world, they, they look at marriage as something, you know, most time they look at it as something that's bad. You know, she's the ball and chain, and it's just a, you know, it's just a weight, and it's heavy. And, and a lot of times the world can, in the, the secular world, can see marriage in a bad light. And I just want to say, no, marriage is a good thing. Interesting, I, I found a classified ad. This is a true classified ad in the paper. This said, listen to this. It said, for sale by owner, complete set of encyclopedia, excellent condition, $1,000 or best offer, says no longer need. Just got married last weekend and wife knows everything. <laughs> so that's not a good way to start a marriage, you know. To, it's not a good way to start. Before we get in our text, too, as we talk about marriage, I was blessed to stand up at my brother's wedding years ago. Um, I was the best man, and I wasn't a Christian at the time. I didn't know the Lord, and um, so I was asked to give the toast, and so I was very nervous. It was very difficult for me to get up in front of all the people and all, and, and as I gave the toast, I, I found a quote from Groucho Marx that says, marriage is a wonderful institution, and then I went on to say, he said, but who wants to live in an institution? So I, that's what I said at the, and it, and people laughed as you're kind of laughing now, but. But I just have to say, after being married almost 18 years this September 16th, marriage is a wonderful institution. And I want to live in an institution if it means a marriage, because marriage is wonderful in Christ. And so I want to encourage those of you that are married to seek the Lord in your marriage. Allow the Lord to bless your marriage. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. It is a good thing, but the world will tell you differently the attacks against marriage. You know, there's a satanic attack. I, I spoke with someone years ago that says the, the, the church of Satan, one of their things that they pray is that Christian marriages would be broke up. That's one of their, what's on their big top list. Why? Because it's very important. 
for our culture to have strong marriages. So it's important. I have to say, for our marriage, I believe the blessing that comes from our marriage is that I do not look for my contentment in my wife. I look for my contentment in Christ. And she looks for her contentment in Christ. And so that's the makings of a wonderful marriage, when we look for our contentment in the Lord. And even when we were single, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was trying to find a wife to find contentment because if that's what you're going to do, you're going to find out that your spouse will disappoint you because they cannot make you complete. Only Christ Jesus can make a person complete. So we're complete in Christ. Marriage is wonderful. If you were here last week, that's great. If you missed it, you can uh, please get the tape regarding marriage and the things that we looked at. But now we go on as verse... 20, as we just read, children. So we're going to talk about children. And it says, Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. This is well-pleasing, children. We're all children of God. If you're a Christian, you're God's child, and you should be obedient to your heavenly Father. You should do things His way, and you should be a, you know, an obedient child. So it gives application for all of us, but uh, specifically here, talking about children, it's such a wonderful thing when children are obedient, when they're, they listen to their parents. It's a, it's a very blessed thing. I, I see some Christian families where you see the children are very obedient and they love their parents and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch and to see and it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing when you see parents raising up children in the ways of the Lord. But we're told in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, that in the last days, that children will be disobedient. And, and we see that. I don't know if, if you notice that or is it just me? That, that Children are very disobedient. And I believe that's the fault of the parents, where the parents aren't raising up the children in the way of the Lord, or they're not taking the time to discipline the children the way that they should and correct them in love and patience and, and kindness and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we see it. And I, I believe it affects our society. It affects our government and as the children grow up and they, they believe in lies and they're deceptive and we see it in government and we, we see the breakdown. So the importance of children obeying in all things. Did you notice that? But it says why this pleases the Lord. God's pleased with that. If you're a note taker, children uh, is a general term here, but it's believed to be speaking about uh, ones of you know, anyone of any age under the roof of their parents. So when you heard your parents, I don't know if you heard this, you, my parents would say, as long as you're under my roof, you will live by my rules, you're right? And that's biblical. I mean, it's what... That's what the Bible says, you know. So this, this goes for people uh, any age that are living under the roof of their parents. They're to respect their rules. They're to respect that. Unless the, the, the parents are telling a child to do something that's ungodly, no. Then you, you, you obey God first. It's interesting, though, when they move out of the house, then they're to leave and cleave. And there's a, a new family unit. And now you don't have to be obedient to your parents, but you should honor them, meaning respect and love them. You should listen to their input and stuff. But you'd never want those uh, in-laws to become outlaws in the family, right? I mean, it can't happen. So you got to just really watch for that. But discipline is important in families. And I remember it's so funny when I, I wasn't raised per se, in a Christian family. I just wasn't 
part of the Bible wasn't a part of our family upbringing. Church really wasn't that important at all. You know, sometimes we'd go to a church just to go to church and say, I remember even my grandfather, when he was to take us to church, when I lived with my grandparents, we would get in the car and we'd drive by the church and he'd say, okay, when grandma says, did you go to the church? Remember, here's the church here. We went to the church. Don't tell her anything else. Then if she says, did you go to church? Say, yeah, we went to the church. We never went inside the church, but we went to the church. And that's why that was my upbringing. So it just wasn't, it wasn't a big priority, which is not a good thing. But I remember living with my, my sister and my brother-in-law. We, they have three children, and we were living together for five years. And it was a wonderful experience for me because I was a baby Christian, and I was learning how to be a husband. I was learning about the family and, and watching with my own eyes a biblical family, people that love Jesus, and, and the Bible being opened up in the morning, and the children sitting there reading the Bible. And it was so awesome. Even, you know, just the memories of that. They would, I'd wake up in the morning, and Many mornings, my sister would be there and the kids would all be in a circle and then they would read one verse and then the next child would read the next verse. And then they read the next verse and then they read the next verse. And they learned how to read just by reading the Bible. And then they would talk about what they read. And I remember sometimes I didn't have to go to work or, you know, the day off or if I had time to sit down, I would actually get there and just take my Bible and I'd sit down with them. I said, do you mind if I sit here with you guys? And it was a beautiful thing. It, it was just a wonderful thing. I was, you know, learning my Bible with a family that loved Jesus. But I remember talking about children and discipline. I remember the first time that, that one of them, you know, would, did something wrong. And so they were going to discipline them. And after, you know, much conversation and don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And finally they had to go in the other room and they were going to apply the, the pressure, you know, just give a swat on the, the, the backside. And so they're going to go in the other room. Well, because I wasn't raised in a Christian home, I thought, you know, you never hit your children. So I'm, I'm just like, my eyes are coming out of my head. I'm like, I can't believe what are they going to do? They're going to kill this kid. You know, so they're walking in the other room. I literally, this is a true story. I went in my bedroom. I went down on my knees on my bed. I'm crying. Oh Lord, please protect this child. And I was like, and I'm crying and send your angels, send you to of angels and, and I'm just all this dramatic stuff and all they were doing just swatting them on the backside just to, to because it's biblical you know this don't spare the rod and they would last result and then they would talk about it but in my warped mind because I didn't know any better I'm thinking oh this is bad and then and then finally the Lord through the years has shown you no this is good and I would watch this child that and you know they were and just to say there was a Christian home is good but you know kids need every once in a while that discipline so I would watch the child after they would spend time in love and they'd get a swat and they would talk about it. They'd walk out of that room and I would literally with my own eyes, I said, it's a different child. And then the child would walk out and say, oh, I'm sorry, Pat, I'm sorry, uh, Uncle Joey. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, no problem. And, they're just, and then they're loving and it's just restored. And it's just like, wow. And as years went by, there was one time, and I just want to share this, that one of the children, I don't even remember who it was, but there was, you know, they were being a little bit rebellious and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just watching this, and then I'm looking for the spoon. I was like, they need to get spanked, you know? It's like... (laughs) But it's a good thing, obedience and love and spending time and and talking about why uh, your children are doing something wrong and and loving them and nourishing them. It's It's a beautiful thing. Did you know Jesus was obedient to his parents? The very one that spoke the stars into existence? The very one that said light be and light was came to this earth? Because Jesus was involved with creation. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It talks about he was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Jesus, talking about Jesus Christ. But he, but he humbled himself, he became a man. And he had parents. Did you ever think through that? You know, the, the very one that created all things and he has to be obedient, the mother or father would say, hey, you know, go to do this and do that. And it's like, and then, you know, being, I don't know, the limit, I'm sure limited in some ways, but still God, 100% God, 100% man. And, and probably even thinking it sometimes, I don't believe you're telling me to do this, you're wrong, but hey, that's what you said, I'll do it. You know, it's because it says he was obedient. And you might say, well, pastor, where do you get that? Is there scripture to back that up, that he was subjected to his parents? Yes, there is, in Luke chapter 2. Remember the story in Luke chapter 2. Remember when, uh, when the parents, Jesus' parents, they went to the feast of the Passover there in Jerusalem. Remember that? And do you remember when they were traveling back home? Do, do you remember who they forgot to bring with them when they came back home? Jesus. And it says he was 12 years old. And so they were looking for Jesus and they, and don't, you know, get the picture because it's not like they were, you know, somehow neglecting their child. When they traveled, they usually traveled in big groups, large groups. So there was a lot of family members and there was probably a lot of kids and all. So they were probably just assuming, oh, you know, Jesus is with the cousins over there and all that. But then when they fi finally figured it out, Jesus wasn't there as they were traveling home. They were frantic. They didn't know where he was. They went back to Israel. They went, excuse me, they went back to Jerusalem. Remember that? And where did they find him? In the temple. And what was he doing in the temple? Do you remember? Listening and teaching with the religious leaders. Imagine this, a little 12-year-old kid. He's questioning the religious leaders. And it says they were astonished at his questions and his answers. They were like, what is this? And Joseph and Mary finally figured it out. They found Jesus there. Remember what Jesus said to them? Because she, she says, you know, he, Jesus said to them, why do you seek me? And he says, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And so you see, his first obedience was being obedient to his heavenly father. But in Luke, and I'll put it up on the board, Luke chapter 2, verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. So they're like, what do you mean obey your father, being obedient to your father? And they're like, well, Joseph's the father, but they're realizing, wait a second, really the true father is God the father because Mary was a virgin. But this is the part I want to point out to you. It says in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. And I want to point out that word subject means to range underneath, to, to submit to, to put under submission, and to obey. So he was obedient. The very one that created all things was obedient to his parents. So God's way, first point, is that children obey their parents in all things. Why? Because it pleases the Father. R real quick quote, Benjamin Franklin said, he that cannot obey cannot command. So to be a good leader, you must first be a good follower. So it's important. So let's go to the next verse. Verse 21 in our text. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So we look at the role of the father to to be a good father in the home, to spend time with your children, not to discourage them. Just a few weeks ago, my wife and I, we were at Sprouts and 
And we've seen Eric Lovey from our church. He comes second service, but he was with his daughter. And, that, and just, we, we came in and they were buying candy together and they were just having that quality time together. She's like, um, I don't know, 14 to 15, 16 years old, somewhere around there. And I just, I remember just watching them and just seeing the bond that they have and just the quality time. And they were just hanging out together and they were, you know, having this time together, just him and his daughter. And then they were just laughing and having a good time. And we ran into them and they were just, you could just tell they were just having their quality family time together. And to me, it just spoke volumes to my heart, the importance of the father being there for his children. It's important. It's so important. I don't know if you've heard this statistic. I was shocked at this, but it makes sense. Out of 27 of the most deadliest mass shootings in the United States history, out of 27, only one shooter was raised by his biological father since childhood. Did you hear that? Out of the 27 most deadly shootings in the United States, only one of the children, one of them that were raised, was raised by their biological father since childhood. I think that's telling. Fathers, be there for your children. The word provoke means to irritate, to stir them up in a bad way. In other words, fathers... Don't nag your children. Don't be overly critical with your children. It can damage them. It can discourage them. It's not a good thing. It shouldn't be in the Christian home. When you see parents always putting down their children and telling them they're no good or telling them that they're not going to amount to anything or that they're losers and all that kind of stuff, it should be just the opposite in the Christian home. And I know I'm preaching to the, the choir here, but maybe there's someone that needs to hear this. Parents... Fathers should encourage their children, should find out where their gifts are, their talents are, and they should help them in that way. Be with them and love them. So important. So, so second point, God's way. Fathers, you should not provoke your children. You should love them as we already know. So let's go. Bond servants. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. If you want to be a good witness in your workplace, I really believe this. Because of this passage and other passages, if you want to be a good witness, to be a good employee. I think that speaks volumes. And I believe that should be for all of us that are believers. We should be hard workers. We should be, something should stand out with our service. Did you notice not with eye service as men pleasers? In other words, don't work hard just when your boss is looking, right? You know why? Because it says we're to fear the Lord. In other words, God's watching everything. There's a bumper sticker that I saw that reads, reads like this. It says, work fascinates me. I can sit and watch it for hours. Hello, K-Wave listeners. This is Pastor Joe. And we'd like to invite you to this year's Labor of Love Music Fest, a free beach concert featuring Jeremy Camp, Danny Gokey, Jordan Felice, The Young Escape, and Anchor 247 on Saturday, August 31st at Bolsa Chica State Beach in Huntington Beach from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
This family-friendly event includes delicious food, free rides and activities for the kids, raffle giveaways, and shopping in our vendor marketplace. An Air Force flyover and Marine Color Guards will participate in the opening ceremony. Interpretation for the deaf and Spanish translation is provided, as well as free parking and shuttle service. Don't miss this end-of-the-summer outreach on Labor Day weekend. The gospel will be given throughout the day, so please invite your unsaved family and friends to attend. For more information, go to laboroflovemusicfest.com, and we hope to see you at the beach. This event is sponsored in part by Trinity Investment Group GP, West Coast Sand and Gravel, and our friends at K-Wave We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.